Welcome to the Ohio State University Summer Quarter Commencement, held Sunday, August 26, 2007 at the Jerome Schottenstein Center. 1,357 graduates receive their diplomas. This quarter's commencement speaker is Michael F. Curtin, Vice Chairman and Associate Publisher of the Columbus Dispatch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the 381st commencement of The Ohio State University. I'm honored to preside at this important ceremony as this university bestows its academic degrees upon today's graduates. It's now an honor and a personal pleasure to introduce our 2007 summer commencement speaker, Michael F. Curtin. Mr. Curtin is the Vice Chairman and Chief Operating Officer of the Dispatch Printing Company the umbrella company for many of our local media, including the Columbus Dispatch. He is a native of Columbus, Ohio, and a 1973 graduate of the Ohio State University School of Journalism. Mr. Curtin started as a general assignment reporter at the Dispatch, and over the past 34 years has received increasingly significant responsibilities. The biographical information you'll find in your program traces his remarkable career from his earliest days on the police beat to his current posts, which include service as associate publisher of the Dispatch. Now, maybe we can't take all the credit for his being hired as a cub reporter, but he has said with certainty and considerable satisfaction that what he learned at this institution provided the foundation for his success. Your program will also tell you that in addition to his many professional obligations, Mike Curtin has found the time to write a book. He's the author of the Ohio Politics Almanac, which was first published in 1996, and has a revised second edition that was issued last year. He's active in the community, giving generously of his time to such organizations as the Greater Columbus Chamber of Commerce, the Mount Carmel Health System, the YMCA, the Columbus Metropolitan Library Foundation, and the Catholic Foundation of the Columbus Diocese. It's been my personal pleasure to know Mike for some years now, and I think it's important to note that I've never met a more humble yet influential leader in our community. Though his views and opinions are constantly sought and widely repeated, he remains unaffected and truly unassuming. But he's also unblinking in championing the causes that matter to him, like the welfare of this city, health care for the impoverished, and our need for political integrity and human civility. I'm pleased to welcome, as our commencement speaker, a respected business professional, a staunch community advocate, and a thoughtful and eloquent voice for causes that matter, Michael Curtin. Thank you, President Deludo, for your generosity. President Deludo, Chairman Cloyd, members of the Board of Trustees, honorees, Vice Presidents, Deans, members of the faculty, graduates, family members, 
and guests. Good afternoon. I'm indeed honored to be here. The Ohio State University has been the door to higher education for so many, and for so many in my family, beginning almost a century ago with my mother's father, who graduated in 1912 with a degree in pharmaceutical chemistry. Because my granddad Cummins began this family legacy, owned and operated the state drug and supply shop at Neal and 11th on campus for many years, and put three of his seven daughters, including my mother, through the OSU College of Pharmacy, I'm sure he would appreciate my giving a nod to the graduates wearing the olive green tassels today from the College of Pharmacy. The procession of family members earning degrees from Ohio State has been long and most recently included our son and daughter in 2001. Our family's dominant genes seem to be scarlet and gray. And we are ever grateful for this magnificent educational inheritance. Today is Sunday. Some of you may have already absorbed your sermon for the week. I have no intention of burdening you with another. I recognized in grade school that a religious vocation was not in my future, despite the earnest prayers of dear old mom, who believed it would be divine if one of her two sons entered the seminary. I'm sure it's no reflection on the quality of her prayer, but more a reflection on the quality of her sons, that she got not clergymen, but a scribe and a tax collector. <laughs> My brother Bob, the tax collector, and I long have debated whose hell will be hotter. <laughs> Indeed, throughout American history, the unquenchable fire is what so many have wished upon newspapermen. And this is understandable. Each day, newspapers give many people reasons to be upset. Each day, our mistakes and errors in judgment are on display before hundreds of thousands. I'm sure you have your favorites. This frustration with my profession and my kind prompted Adlai Stevenson, the highbrow governor of Illinois in the early 1950s, to famously remark, the newspaper man's job is to separate the wheat from the chaff and then print the chaff. Old Adlai was a smart fellow, but he could be a constipated scold. The truth, of course, is that most American newspapers offer plenty of both wheat and chaff, yours for the choosing. Some newspapers, knowing well their audience, definitely cater to one side of the threshing machine or the other. Dave Barry a longtime newspaper columnist and humorist, perhaps best explained this dichotomy. The more boring a newspaper is, Barry pointed out, the more it is respected. The most respected newspaper in the United States, he correctly noted, 
is the New York Times, which has thousands of reporters constantly producing enormous front-page stories on the current market conditions for aluminum oxide, which the blue-green tasseled graduates from the School of Environment and Natural Resources could help us identify as bauxite. On the other hand, Barry said, the least respected newspaper in America, the New York Post, would write about bauxite if and only if celebrities in an exclusive New York nightclub were arrested for snorting it. <laughs> different strokes for different folks, as they say. I offer no comment on why, year after year, within the New York metropolitan area, the New York Post has vastly outsold the New York Times. So whether your favorite newspaper devotes more column inches to think pieces on the state of the European Union or to your neighbors showing off their unusually large vegetables, the nation's collective 317-year history of newspapers represents a fairly accurate reflection of where we've been and who we are. Historically, the purpose of education has been to improve upon who we are, intellectually and morally, improving our intellects to better distinguish the wheat from the chaff, but also improving our characters so that each of us comes to recognize just how full of chaff we are. It's a truism that no educated person is fool enough to proclaim himself or herself educated. The hallmark of wisdom, after all, is the understanding that all you believe may be wrong. Your education at Ohio State will prove a success only if your appetite for learning is never satisfied and your desire to become a better person is equally never-ending. Our lives are nothing if they are not a constant struggle for self-improvement. So be proud of your accomplishments, but don't let them go to your head. When I was asked by the university a few weeks ago for my cap size so that I could be outfitted for this ceremony, I was reminded of the dangers of a big head. And in that context, I remembered one of my favorite all-time Yogi Berra-isms. One spring training, the equipment manager for the New York Yankees was recording measurements for the players' uniforms for the upcoming season. And when he got to Yogi, he asked, Berra, what cap size do you wear? And without hesitating, Yogi looked up and replied, I don't know yet. I'm not in shape yet. <laughs> May we always recognize that our heads and our hearts are never in quite as good a shape as they should be. May we always understand that we are works in progress always. May each of you have a long life that gives you the opportunity, indeed many opportunities, to continually improve upon the condition of both your head and your heart.
Many thanks for your courtesy. Congratulations to each and every one of you, and best personal wishes for peace and the contentment of a continually improving life. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. In recognition of your contribution to this 381st commencement, it's my pleasure to present to you the commencement medallion. I would now like to introduce Mr. Archie Griffin, the President and CEO of the Ohio State Alumni Association, to provide a special message to our new graduates. Archie. Thank you, President Aludo. Good afternoon. As President of the Ohio State University Alumni Association, I congratulate each member of this graduating class on your achievements. And today, I warmly welcome you to the prestigious ranks of Ohio State alumni. You know, this was a different kind of summer for you. Remember when you were young and summer meant hanging out at the pool and pickup games on the ball field? This year, you were hanging out at your computer and picking up your cap and gown. Around campus, things were far from quiet. The grass football field was removed from Ohio Stadium and came back as artificial turf. Buffalo Wild Wings, affectionately known as BW3, closed their small original location on High Street, and in the new building at Lane and Hyde, they are back. Yesterday, right here at the shot on this very floor, million-year-old dinosaurs came back. In July, the next Ohio State president was announced, and I'm excited to say we learned that Gordon Gee is coming back. We... And we hope that each of you will come back and come back often to Route 14, visit your advisor, or meet old friends at a favorite hangout to share stories of your college days. You have had many titles since coming to campus. Freshman, roommate, research assistant, intern, senior, senior again. <laughs> Today, graduate forever after, proud alumni. There's another title you have, leader. All of us in the Ohio State family, faculty, students, staff, alumni, all of us are expected to lead in our careers and communities. Professor of Earth Sciences Lonnie Thompson is a leader in understanding global climate change. Last month, he was honored with the National Medal of Science. A group of engineering students are leaders in developing alternative fuel cars. They built an electric race car, the Buckeye Bullet II, that raced on the Bonneville Salt Flats two weeks ago. MBA students in the Fisher College of Business took a global leadership role as economic development consultants for the government of Ethiopia. Their year-long project provided real-world experience for a business solutions class. Today's distinguished service honorees, both Ohio State alumni, inspire us. Ted Beatty is a leader in science education, and Judy Tuckerman is a community leader and advocate for women and families. Each of us has something to contribute. I am proud to be an advocate for Project Mentor connecting Columbus Public School students with caring and supportive adults. I charge you to find something that you are passionate about. Pay forward for all you have received. And I hope 
you will always be passionate about Ohio State. You see, the Alumni Association needs you. And today is the first day of your free one-year membership. And I ask, I ask that you renew that membership after that year is up, because a strong alumni association will make Ohio State even stronger. Join an alumni club. Enjoy, enjoy social events and volunteer activities with other Buckeyes. Use our career network. Take advantage of national discounts. Stay connected to each other and to your university. Keep Ohio State close. This is your day, and I want you to be proud to have earned a degree from this great university. I want you to be confident in your ability to take on every challenge and opportunity that awaits you. And I want you to be thankful for all those who paid forward with you in mind. With that, congratulations, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you. Thank you, Archie. We have a remarkable group of students graduating today. At each commencement, we recognize the undergraduate students with the highest grade point average. And I'm pleased to announce that in today's graduating class, we have three students who have completed their bachelor's degree with a perfect 4.0 grade point average. Would you please stand while I call your name? Lindsay Butler of Urbana, Bachelor of Science in Human Ecology. Katherine Hafey of Lima, Bachelor of Science in Biology. And Sandra Odrumsky of Newark, a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration. Congratulations on your achievement. Now, within this class are many other students who've maintained outstanding academic records while also working toward their bachelor's degree. They will receive diplomas designated summa cum laude, magna cum laude, cum laude with distinction and with honors. Summa cum laude that designates the attainment of a 3.9 grade point average or higher. Will students graduating summa cum laude please rise and remain standing. I'm going to ask that we hold our applause until all the honors graduates are standing and we'll recognize them all as one group. Magna cum laude designates those who have attained a 3.7 graduate point average or higher. Will those graduating please stand and remain standing? <laughs> cum laude graduates, those who have earned a 3.5 grade point average or higher, will you please stand and remain standing? With, with distinction and with honors, recognizes rigorous work that's completed in special honors programs in the colleges. And will students graduating with distinction and with honors please rise and remain standing? All of these outstanding undergraduate students graduating with high curricular achievement are wearing the honors emblem, a scarlet and gray tassel braid over their gown. Their honors are listed beneath their names and in the commencement programs. And now, please join me in congratulating these and all of our outstanding graduates. Thank you. Please be seated. 
I also want to mention that several members of today's graduating class were cadets and midshipmen in the Reserve Officer Training Corps while students at Ohio State. They are being commissioned as officers in our armed forces at special ceremonies this weekend. Their names are listed in the commencement program. Will the newly commissioned officers now stand so that it may recognize you and your uh, an appreciation, show your appreciation for your commitment to our nation? Thank you. Well, graduates, you've made it. You stood in the very last line you'll ever stand in as students at The Ohio State University. This graduation ceremony is certainly one of the proudest moments in the life of this or any university. This moment, however sweet for you, is perhaps even more special for me. Like so many others here today, I'm really a first-generation scholar, and these days, that's what we call people who are the first in their family to go to college. For someone like myself who drove trucks and worked multiple jobs to pay for college, standing at this podium and looking out at about 1,900 about-to-be graduates is truly a privilege. I'm honored to welcome you into the company of Ohio State educated men and women. Today's graduates include 10 members of the Young Scholars Program which helps economically disadvantaged middle and high school students across Ohio prepare for college. Two of the ten, I might add, are now graduate students who are also undergraduates in the program. All of them are also first-generation scholars. And others of you, nearly 300 in fact, have come to Ohio State from countries around the world. And many of these graduates are also fulfilling their educational dreams as well as the dreams of their families. But regardless of background, I do have some advice that I hope will prove useful as you enter your post-Ohio State life. First of all, if at first you don't succeed, do it like your parents have told you. Just keep trying. And of course, if at first you do succeed, well, try to hide the astonishment. <laughs> Second, as you leave Ohio State, please remember Mark Twain's observation that it's what you learn after you know everything that really counts. Even though your schooling at this great university may be at an end, your education will continue. And what you learn through experience will largely determine the quality of your life. The education that you have learned at Ohio State is without peer. And no one has been more important to the success you are enjoying today than our outstanding faculty. They have awakened your joy and knowledge and expanded your minds. To paraphrase Oliver Wendell Holmes, the mind, once expanded to the dimension of larger ideas, never ever returns to its original size. And that means that all of us must find the time to think about larger ideas, especially today, when the competition for our attention has never been greater. Coming to grips with big, complex, and significant issues is both easier and harder to do than ever before. The world's body of knowledge is said to have doubled from 1800 to 1900. And today, it's said to double roughly every two years. The projection is by 2015, it's going to double every 35 days. And of course, information is bombarding us on all sides. As just one example, the number of websites is thought to be tripling every two and a half years. And now, they're interactive. People want to generate content. They want to blog and to display photos. It's no longer 15 minutes 
but 15 megabytes of fame that people are after. With participatory sites like MySpace and YouTube bringing us more information, more perspectives, more of everything, it's a small wonder that one enduring image of a recent debate of the Democratic presidential candidates was none of the candidates. Instead, it was a snowman who via YouTube quizzed the candidates about climate change. Access and interpretation of information delivered in varied forms and formats are certainly among those larger issues that I mentioned earlier. Just ask our own Professor Lonnie Thompson, who, as Archie noted, was recently awarded the National Medal of Science by President Bush for his work on global climate change. Will such a concern now be defined for us via online video? Perhaps. But in one sense, it doesn't matter how those issues end up on our radar screen. What matters is that they end up there. More important still is that they inspire us to action. And with that in mind, I have one more piece of advice to add and also a request for you. First, the advice. Pay attention to life's larger issues and then carry on in the Ohio State tradition of service. Use your skills, your talents, your energy to respond to those larger concerns, whether they be devising new responses to climate change, saving lives in the operating room, bringing jobs to a community, or teaching children to read. In this way, you will add to the quality of life for yourself, for your family, and for society. And now for the request. Please maintain your ties with Ohio State. From this day forth, as educated citizens of this and many other countries, you are linked to this institution and its proud traditions. Today, you join a family of nearly 500,000 Buckeye alumni who have been leaders in our communities, throughout our nation, and around the world. No matter how far away the road of life may take you, you are connected by your shared experience here and by your love for this great university. You will always be Buckeyes, and Ohio State will forever be privileged to welcome you home. My best wishes go with you all.